You are listening to Rouge, White, and Blue, a proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. Welcome to the Rouge, White, and Blue CFL Podcast. My name is Oz Davis. I am the co-host of the show. And joining me, as always, is our friend from Wisconsin, Joe Bridger. Joe, how's it going this week? I'm getting ready to fly off to Montreal, so it's going very, very well. Great, great. All right, so any details, like what are you doing? You're going to fly out there on the day of the game? No, flying out on flying out on Thursday. So possibly, you're possibly listening to the show while I'm in the air. Yeah. So uh, got, coming home on Monday, and in between, gonna see some Cirque du Soleil and gonna see Ooh. some football, and gonna go check out the botanical gardens, and then fill in the rest as we go. I've been to, I've been quite, I've been to quite a few cities in North America and Western Central Europe. And I got to say, Montreal is really among my favorites, really. I mean, yes, it is the land of my ancestors, but but also it's just it's it's just a gorgeous city, easy to get around, lots of high culture, lots of medium culture. I don't know so much about the low culture scene. Um, yes, you have to speak French. Deal with it, you lazy American. Come on. Parlez-vous anglais. There was one place <laughs> that we that I needed my French language skills in beyond just peripherally because it's always right. nice to have some sort of a sense of the language. I took sure. enough high school French that I'm not sure. completely lost. My right. wife took Spanish. The one place that I had to be a translator for was actually in the stadium at the concession stands the menus were only in French. Mm-hmm. So I had to tell her what was there. Mm-hmm. Everything else we were able to make work oh, absolutely. with my limited French language skill and just osmosis. Yep. Oh, yeah. Tips for, you know, travelers, like, especially if, you, if you're going to a place like that's a French-speaking or a Spanish-speaking country. I mean... Look at the words when you can. There's a lot of cognates. There's a lot of words that are the same or almost the same. You know, the French hate that, but it's true. <laughs> you know, hamburger is pretty easy to get, you know, when reading that. Things like that. Do the do the clever thing. Learn the question words. Who, what, where, when, why. Always useful. Learn please and thank you. You know, in French, learn the vous form, the polite form, you know, and the thing is like, you know, take there's a million of these online courses or audio courses or whatever. Take like two or three of the first ones. It takes no time at all. It's really simple to learn most of them. If it's worth its salt at all, you know, you'll be able to get some the basics and go. I mean, it's it's a nice thing to do. And the thing is, like a lot of people say that French speaking people can be snooty about their language. But the truth is, I've been to many countries and I've met Francophones in those countries and they speak the language there. So it's not it's not like a British thing, okay, where you must speak English as some of those folks are wont to do. 
you know, it's it's just a respect thing. You can do it, guys. Come on, Americans, <laughs> if you're going. It, it trust me, it's not Montreal. At least the parts of Montreal I was in, which was the entertainment area, old Montreal. Going to be branching out a little bit this next time around, but the areas I was in, English English worked. It's an international city. You know, that's the nice thing about this cultural homogeneity around the world is that, you know, they, they're used to foreigners now. They're used to like folks that don't speak the native language. They're used to that. And, and you know, they're tolerant. You know, they can deal with you. You know, don't be the ugly American, but hey, Joe knows this by now. <laughs> In any case, okay, well. I, one yeah, I'm not, I, usually I'm wearing a CFL shirt right. of some sort when I'm, I, I, it's all packed, so I'm I'm gonna I'm a blend in as best I can. <laughs> nice, you got mind you, tools. I'll be wearing I'll be wearing a lot of stuff that says Winnipeg, so it's gonna be very obvious I'm not from there, right? But just not which from there I'm gonna be from. <laughs> they won't have they won't know that. <laughs> is, is it from that west east border, from that north south border? <laughs> right. Yes. One of those. Right. So, bon voyage to Joe. I just want to do the quick brag real soon. We're not going to brag about fantasy football too much because people hate that. Plus, Joe and I got it out of our systems before coming on to the show. However, also, I, just... I have nothing to brag about this week. So, <laughs> half, of it, half of that's done already. <laughs> um, uh, okay. I, I'm not going to ask. All right. So, I just want to say real quick. You really, really, really have to start listening to my betting tips. Okay. I am now this season 11 and one. Right. The only bet I lost was the, um, I had Toronto to win by one to six against Hamilton. And I tell you this after this week, I'll never give Hamilton the benefit of the doubt again. I have yet, they made me a lot of money against Montreal last week. So thank you very much, CFL, for playing playing it my way. Um, I'm on a roll. So listen to the betting tips while I'm on a roll. Um, and, but also remember, I said I was on a roll last week and well. Oh, yeah. Oh, well, see, I think <laughs> the, the way that I like, you know, gushed about us i was like this is a total jinx this is i mean i i was full well knew that i was doing it but i don't believe in the jinx so i i'm i consider myself immune i'm just like you know riding a wave but i do believe that is legitimate um you you do there are streaks there are streaks in sports and gambling on sports and like that so take them I mean, go on streaks on pick them too. Now, part of the key to my victory this week was going against what I initially thought on this show. However, when we talked about Calgary, Saskatchewan, I did in fact talk myself out of Calgary. In pick them, I stuck with Calgary just to keep myself honest. But when I'm actually talking about money, yeah, I broke down and I went with Saskatchewan and it was the right pick. Pat myself on the head. For those who can't see. All right. So takeaways from this week. What did you think? Joe? Hmm. 
let's just try to encapsulate this week in a couple of words. Yeah, it was a, it was different than what we expected, I would say. We kind of got off of the uh, track, the, the 2022 track a little bit, finally. Well, we got uh, we got what I predicted. There are now three undefeated teams. There are now three uh, defeated teams. <laughs> there are three winless teams. And you've also got two two-and-one teams. So quite the interesting uh, spread going on here. Quite the interesting tiers going on. Now, that's a bit of an illusion here because BC played a hell of a game against Winnipeg. Um, let's Let's just start right on with that. I did want to say that uh, my my key takeaway from this week is I guess we're getting the uh, BC Montreal Grey Cup this season. But anyway, I could talk more about that a bit later on. Um, okay, so let's start with, I know Joe doesn't want to even touch upon this, but we're going to BC Lions 30, Winnipeg Blue Bombers 6. Uh, this is the worst Winnipeg loss in a long time. Um, certainly on this run, everything seemed to go the right way for BC. Even, even when Vernon Adams threw the gimme interception, right? It was the one where there was four dudes in the area, all bombers. And, uh, okay, fair enough. It was, it was a bit of a hard catch, but on the other hand, he did have, you know, the five-yard cushion around him. Uh, I forget who who did not uh, get the interception there. But even on this play, things are going right for BC. Uh, Winnipeg had gotten, for me, you know, the big stats were, or the big happenings in the game were, to this point in the first two games, Winnipeg had gotten six penalties total. Right. They had what six in the first half? Yeah, six in the first half. They ended up with nine for the game. A couple of pass interference penalties that really hurt in particular. Um, very uncharacteristic here. Vernon Adams, the other the other key thing I noticed was Vernon Adams literally took an offer on passes of over 25 yards in the first half. Uh the one positive outcome he had in four or five attempts, I think it was four might've been five was the, uh, was the pass interference. Right. It was the long pass interference in the first quarter. Uh, but then, you know, he comes out in the second half. And as soon as BC has the ball, it's like, bang, bang, two long ones right in a row. It was like for the, for the first time in a long time, the other team out coached Winnipeg coming out of the half and Winnipeg didn't even, didn't even score a point in the second half. Right. I know they didn't score a touchdown. But if, they, if they did, it sure didn't feel like it. <laughs> <laughs> I hear no, because this because because they came out and scored on the first drive, kicked the field goal. BC came back and scored the touchdown off of the pass interference you mentioned. And then I just spent the rest of the first half going, okay, this is when they're going to get rolling now. Okay, BC's playing us tough. BC's playing it tough. Okay, well, we've had a couple two and outs. Now it's time to... And then by halftime, I'm like... They just might not get rolling at all today. Well, are they? And really, the killer, the the put away drive in this game, 
happened at the very end of the first half, where Winnipeg had a chance to go down and score. Couldn't 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 muster a last a last minute drive to to close the gap or take the lead. And then BC just went right down the field. Seven points, and all of a sudden, a four-point deficit is 11, and it just got out of hand from there. I, I, I've i spent the last three or four days trying to think back to the last time I saw Winnipeg get smacked around like this, and the only images coming to my mind are of Drew Willie. Yeah. Now, yeah. it's happened since then, I'm sure, but not to that extent. <laughs> At least in my memory, it's been it goes all the way back that far. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, even to look at losing two so-called meaningful games in a row. Let, let's say two games in which the first string is going to play, right? In a right. row. You have to go back to 2019 before right. the end of the season. And even then, it's after Matt Nichols was injured and right. Chris Devler was a quarterback for the midseason. Right. 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 And so, you know, I mean, this is this is unusual for BC. Now, this is a lot more. I, I okay. The panic move. I mean, if if Winnipeg hadn't been on such a run like this in recent history, uh, the panic move would be, oh, it's over. You know, it's this is it, this is done. The this is a sign of, of the bombers decline. I'm not sh- so much sure it's that as I think this tends to happen in all sports when you have a dynastic situation or at least a repeat or a three-peat or close to it. It's not so much that the other team that the team goes into decline necessarily. It's that the other teams adapt to it. Right. And so right. you always- this Winnipeg team's been playing the same game since 2019. Right. right. And 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 now BC is ready to meet them now Toronto is like you know the team that beat them in the Grey Cup next year looking Mm -hmm. a lot more legitimately every week of this season by the way you know um not so much the upset that it looked like in the past anymore so um you know I just think this is an adaptation by the league I'm not ready to panic on Winnipeg yet but I think they're vulnerable at this point in the season. And that's okay, because it's early. It's early. I mean, I would not be stunned to see them lose in Montreal next week. Um, no. It, it is one of those things, though, where you're happy it happened in June instead of, of November. Of course. <laughs> Just like, okay, we're not going to score 40 points every week. We're not going to run the table. It We've got to play our game, so let's go do it. Oh, I think get, that's you, the attitude they're going to carry forward this week. You have a lemon once in a while. You do. Yeah. You do. And they've gone a long time without a lemon because even the sure. even the loss to Montreal last season in Winnipeg, sure, was a Montreal played a really good game. Yeah, Winnipeg played their C game. Yeah. And still, like, spent the last five minutes of that game just handing Montreal chances to win the game. Right. This time yeah. around, BC was just like, nope, you're not even yeah. in this thing. And yeah. that's been a long, long time since Winnipeg could go, to, was on the other end of that. Yep. That, that was the thing. 
That was the thing. Last year, basically all three games against Calgary, the Montreal loss and the BC loss, those teams played perfectly. Literally, there was next to no mistakes by the offense in any of those games. And that was the only way you could play against BC this year. This is just, I mean, against Winnipeg last year. This year, I mean, you know, I mean, again, like BC is good. BC is good. Toronto is good. You mm-hmm. know, they're they're ready to play ball with Winnipeg. Um, the thing, the thing that I would be concerned about if I were a Toronto fan is A, are you peaking too soon? And B, how are you going to deal with like crisis which will come? Because they appear a little bit thin, especially a quarterback, you know, off the bench. So that's the thing about BC, but we're off the off the track of the of the BC game. Uh BC's got to be happy about this, right? BC fans have got to be loving this, right? Because they do have a good bench and they have solved any of the problems they had of last year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, 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 they've taken another step from where they were last year, which was pretty darn good to begin with. Yeah. Uh, they've they're, even worked they're out the kinks this with is, Vernon Adams. Yeah, this is probably the best this franchise has been for at least a decade. You could even go back at, when we when you talk about the health of the franchise in general. Maybe we're talking 20, 30 years. Oh, sure. They're, they've got a committed ownership. They've got a revitalized fan base. They have an exciting team. And then even when the offense is a little bit low on production, they've got a defense that can get after the passer. I mean, what else could you want from a team right now? You have to go back to Wally Bono, right? <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Good for BC. Good for them. Every Everything's turning up right for them right now. Yep. And again, Game on. Let's it go. Will be, it, it will be interesting to see when they have to go down to some of their second teamers, um, how they hold up. I mean, this well, is like they were, they were down to they were down a couple receivers and they didn't show yeah. it at all. <laughs> Unlike Calgary, which uh, is going to have receiver issues very soon, um, if not already in the fourth quarter at overtime last week. Right, game two was. Montreal Alouettes 38, Hamilton Tiger Cats 12. Well, I love this. Uh, now, Tiger Cats Twitter is pretty despondent at this point, and I would be too. The Tiger Cats are now at minus 55, minus 55 point differential over th- over three games. Matt Schultz started at quarterback this week. It didn't matter. Um, I mean, basically, did you watch this one live? Did you catch this I didn't line? get to catch. I didn't get to catch a lot of it, but I saw enough to know that Hamilton's got nothing going for them right now. Well, this was the thing: is that basically they had two outstanding plays. I mean, they had some good plays. I mean, they didn't totally suck, right? But basically, they had two outstanding, two highlight reel plays. The two completions to White, one on the first play, and the other one was also in the first quarter, and that was it. That was it. It was all Al's after that. And yet, what's wild is, if you look at the game statistically, including time of possession, which was 31.5 to about 28.5, I mean, it's basically 50-50. I mean, the Ticats won 
almost all of them by a little bit, except for like running yards, which was a big part of the problem. I mean, yeah, I mean, I'll just go to that because that's what's nice in my notes. Um, James Butler had five carries, five carries, okay? One of which was that bizarre, like, final play where he's taking a shotgun, I guess a wildcat shotgun snap, and he still gets hit for, like, an 11-yard loss. I mean, like, the the Ticats basically, you know, might as well have no run game on their jerseys. I mean, if, if this is the plan here, I mean, like, you have to ask what was the plan. And then on top of everything else, like, like this team really needs this. Chris Edwards, you know, gets this, this, this flagrant unsportsmanlike call, like after the play talking smack for absolutely no reason. I, I mean, it was just like, this 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 season is looking like a disaster for the Ticats. And and if the if the Red Blacks win this week, which I have a feeling they might, um wow. I mean, I mean this this was the Vogue pick to be in the Grey Cup this year. I mean, this is the you know, we have the home field for the Grey Cup. I mean, wow. I mean how depressed would you be if you're a Thai Cats fan? Probably selling my Grey Cup tickets if I'm a Thai Cats fan. <laughs> wow. Ouch. Ouch. Now, now, okay, there's a lot of season left. <laughs> Can they fix the defense? Can they do something about – I mean, there's a real paucity at quarterback in this league this year. You know, it kind of feels like BC has two competent ones, which is which which might end up being pretty unfair at the end of the season. You know, I mean, like like I mean, can Hamilton do something about this? I don't know what what else there is to do. There's probably like six quarterbacks in the whole league that are any good, right? And they don't happen to have one at the moment. I'm seeing that Edmonton picked up a guy from, I think, the Pittsburgh Maulers, I want to say, playing from the USFL. And then, uh, geez, Ottawa is playing, and and my fantasy team, is playing a quarterback that last played in, like, this minor league indoor football league. (laughs) You know? So I think this might be the wave of the near future is that instead of calling on a guy from the practice squad who's kind of been in and out of the league a little bit, this is what you're going to get. You're going to get the USFL guy when their season is over, the XFL guy before their season starts. You know, it's I, I think this might be the, the wave of the future, but I'd be willing to bet that the guy starting for Hamilton at quarterback in week 20 is going to be somebody that's not on a CFL roster right now. It's a fair guess. Yeah, we don't yeah, we don't know if Bo's health is going to let him play very well anymore. Let's just put it that way. We've seen Matt Schultz in spot duty over the last however long and he hasn't wowed anybody enough to say here, here's a quarterbacking spot, take it, please be our starter. So 
you got to find a guy somewhere. This this was the thing for Schultz is th- this was the week. I mean, he's playing his old team now. Granted, that there's a lot of turnover at this point, but it's the same defensive coordinator. Still, Noah Thorpe over there. You know, must know something about this defense. What's going on there? Um, you know, this is a team that's supposed to be. You know, if they want to compete, they're going to have to beat Montreal. They're going to have to at least play them tough. You know, and it just wasn't there. It just wasn't there. I mean. The other thing, too, is for some reason they feel handicapped in the running game. I mean, at that point, I feel like you just give it to Butler. You just give it to Butler. There were other teams this week that were doing this with more or less one back. I mean, Montreal had two in the end. Antwi had like two carries. You know, I mean, you can run with one back if you have to. Don't four good plays four proper running plays in this game come on come on that's insane that's nuts guys hamilton wow yeah they haven't run the ball there forever though it's almost part of their it's almost part of their team identity at this point part of the dna yeah well yeah but if you're gonna do that look here's the thing that you've noticed right from the point of they really looked like they were going to be in the Grey Cup and then they lose in the, in the championship. Okay. From that point, this defense has deteriorated to such a point where it's unrecognizable. I, it's going to be really interesting to see these guys against Ottawa. You know, it's going to be like the we can't wrap a tackle bull. You know, it, it's it's going to be like, you know, they're going to allow Ottawa, who has nothing on offense, to score like, what 20 points 25 points i mean come on now come on now this this seems pretty hopeless in hamilton and 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 this thing with with edwards i mean this this is going to make me the team this is going to make them the team i hate twice as much this year and i'm liking saskatchewan this year now yeah and i don't did you even touch on the fact that edwards had a completely just idiotic act at the end of the game too yeah that's what i'm saying they called okay, him out. So that was what you were mentioning. That, yeah, that's, that's what you were mentioning. Yeah, yeah, where, it, yeah. That was to top everything off. It had nothing yeah. to do with anything. You know, what 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 the hell is he like talking smack for at this point? And this is your second beatdown, third beatdown in a row, really. You know, just take the L at that point, man. It's that's the sort of bad boy thing that makes me turn on a team. Saskatchewan Rough Riders, what, 29? Calgary Stampeders 26. Now, Saskatchewan is winning me over. This team is fun. I mean, like, I'm not going to become a Ryder fan. But, you know, this team is fun this year. Last year, they were insufferable. You know, they were bad boys. They played badly. Their line was ludicrously bad. And they were full of this, you know, off the feet. I don't want to say off the feet. I would do extracurricular activities is what they call it, right? The NFL game. Right, you know, just just this bad boy stuff. So, but this game, Riders twenty nine, Stamps twenty six, the battle of the Dickinson brothers at coach, as they as they like to say, Rod Black, we miss you. Uh, exp- very exciting game, exciting game, especially for gamblers. I like how the Rouge. This game, this game for the gamblers, the point spread was turning on the Rouge when it, when it was thirteen to ten. It's fantastic. Fantastic game for gamblers. Nice overtime game. First overtime game of the season, right? 
Uh, I want to say you're right. It looks like, yep, just looking back, yep, first one so far. And this was about the closest thing we've had to a no lead is safe this season. Uh, Calgary blows a 10-point lead in the fourth quarter after taking the 10-point lead in the fourth quarter. So it was actually less than the fourth quarter. They managed to throw that away. Um, really, for me, this was the, you know, the tale of two teams, right? This was this was two teams going in opposite directions, as we like to say. Um, th- there's really got to be the the sense of half glass half full in Saskatchewan Um, really feels like a team on the rise. The clean house really worked. Um, You know, things are clicking nicely for them. I mean, this is hardly a perfect team, you know, but they did have some nice performances uh, in this game, but I wanted to go a little bit dark side here for a minute. How much of this can we put, on Jake Meyer. I mean, because of all the, you know, bizarro Calgary behavior that's happening this season and even part of last season, um, the the quarterback situation in this game, in the clutch, was absolutely abysmal, if you ask mm-hmm. me. Um, even the mental stuff. You know, the calling for the phantom roughing the quarterback in overtime. And I was thinking about what a flaky rule it is to have that challenge in overtime. You know, it's just like because there's no there's no penalty for getting it wrong. Right. So all you're doing is slowing the game down. You know, it's just like why are you doing this? Maybe in overtime, they should just review every play automatically. You know, not take 30 seconds to do it because most of the time there's nothing to look at. But, you know, just like have the guy in the booth just look at everything. Just They seem to be doing that this year, though. We've had a few interruptions yeah. of yeah. all of a sudden, oh, command center actually said this. Yeah. When you're when you're watching the game and going, hmm, that's weird. Oh, command center fix it. Okay, carry on. <laughs> Had yeah, a, had that at least three or four times this year. Yeah, so see, far. see, I don't mind that, and I guess the overtime rules are okay. Although I don't really think it's football. <laughs> you know, no clock. Okay, <laughs> I'm okay you with know? the no clock. Uh, I just wish they'd start at midfield instead of in field goal range. Yes, that would be nice. That would be nice because then you wouldn't have the idiot decision by Mayor at the end of this game. You know, I mean, I. Just it really like burned me up. I mean, okay. So so basically, as far as I see it, here's Mayor's performance. Okay. So <laughs> I mean, okay, he goes 39 minutes. Okay. The stamps go 39 minutes without an offensive touchdown. Okay. In the first half, or in the in regular time, let's say, you know, Mayor has one touchdown pass, he has one touchdown run. Two interceptions, <laughs> you know, one of them pretty egregious. Um, but, you know, Derek Mills is really covering, really solid at running back, had a nice game, 74 yards on 14 carries, really dependable, you know, just getting those short first downs when he needed them, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, et cetera. and this but, was a winnable game in regulation oh, man. if the Riders don't get a couple of really weird bounces that save them. Okay, okay, but let's talk about that. All right, so it's it's the fourth quarter. They're already up by 10, the Stamps are. 
Okay. Mayer throws the TD in the end zone. Okay. It caroms off. Uh, it caroms off of CJ Revis. Right. I want to talk about that too. CJ Revis. And then it bounces in Larry Dean's hands. Okay. Okay. It's a fluky pick, but Revis was all over this guy. Right. He had no business throwing that pass. No. You know, if Revis was one step to his right, you know, he picks that off. Or at very, very, very least knocks it down. Okay. He had no business throwing that pass. You know, okay. That I mean, again, decision, right? But they could have run it. They could have run it. They're inside the 10. They're up by 10. Run it. See, again, it's it's like a it's like I'm making a flashy play when you don't need to make a flashy play. Right. So, mm-hmm. you know, they give up. The defense is nowhere. Saskatchewan makes a couple of long plays, you know, and, and also, too, you got to commend Dean for having the heads up play. I mean, he was there. Right. He saw it. He grabbed it. He got it. You know, he got some good yards out of it, too, by the way. You know, OK. In overtime, you have Mayer calling for the roughing the passer, which was nonsense. I mean, it felt like because it was so obviously not. He didn't even touch him that that it was like Mayer's making an excuse for the crummy pass he just had. Then, you know, of course, he throws the pick to end the game. And that was, by the way, to Marshall, who was the guy that had been burned on the last fourth quarter touchdown that Mayer made. Reeves was the guy who had been burned on the third quarter touchdown. Right. So or the long pass on the third quarter that set up the touchdown. So, you know, here's Mayer. You know, making bad decision after bad decision, just just not coming through in the clutch and turning a couple of, of guys that would have been chumps into heroes. I mean, it's just like, wow. I mean, again, mm-hmm. it's bizarro land. This is bizarro Stampeders. Right. That's a game the Stamps win five years ago. The Stamps win that game by getting by getting the bounces. They get the mm-hmm. fu- the fumbles bounce into their hands. That short kick that Saskatchewan did bounces into a, a Calgary hand and sticks. Bo's not throwing those interceptions and so on and so forth. But this is 2023 and the and the <laughs> St. Peters have run out of magic wonder juice as far as winning the yeah. post games. Yeah. I also yeah. want to make mention while we're on the subject of Calgary's offense and their issues. Begleton six game. Yep. Carry six game. Malik Henry Achilles out for the season. I was talking to friend of the show, Brandon Williams uh, from CFL.ca. And he, we were talking about just this. And he said that Calgary's offense is about to go through some things. So it's going to be a (laughs) long, long season for Calgary's offense without those playmakers around. Here's the thing too. Here's the wild thing is okay. Because as soon as Malik Henry went out in this game, I'm like, Oh, cool. Odom's Dukes is going to be the guy to play in fantasy going forward, right? Because he had that big week one in fantasy. And, you know, he's been a legitimate number three guy. And in this game, number two guy. However, I looked at the numbers and they are wild, okay? Mayer missed on four of the nine targets to uh, Odom's Dukes. And all three of the interceptions were targeted to Dukes. So, you know, I mean, wow. I Like, you need more bad indications for your short-term futures that here's your number one guy that you can't reliably hit. 
You know, it's just like, wow. And now we've <laughs> spent the last 10 minutes poking holes through Calgary's season so far. They'd make the playoffs today if the season ended. Early. Sure, of course. Because of course. Edmonton, Ottawa, Hamilton are all still in the league. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I... Okay, we'll get to them in a second. I just wanted to give a few kudos. Moro, Moro, Bain, Jones, all had great games for the, the Riders. Am I allowed? Am I allowed as a Bombers fan to say I actually like watching Sean Bain play? Oh yeah, Bain! Wow, Bain was fantastic. He was he was fantastic. He was looking like the Batman villain in this game. He was he was so unstoppable. It was great. It was great. Works out. Um, work, that works. Uh, I can I can see him cast as a villain. I mean, I'm a, I am a Bobber <laughs> fan, so that's only perf- that's only right. <laughs> um, uh, of course, the thing that drove me crazy personally about the Riders was, you know, Harris. You know, he he. This guy had, I think, four fantasy points in the first half. I mean, he was just doing nothing statistically. He ended up solid. I think it's 270 yards and a touchdown pass. So, you know, not not up to a statistical norm. But, you know, did not choke in the clutch. You know, played well in the overtime. Played well enough in the overtime. Did not make mistakes like his counterpart. Um, right. Okay. In the final game, which I didn't even take the score down here. Uh, Toronto Argonauts scored a lot of 43 to 43 for Toronto, 31 for Edmonton. Oh, that's right. Yes, but we're going to talk about those last seven points, uh, because I fun insight into that. We also have to make mention on how you can destroy your career in three easy steps, but first (laughs) we can carry on with the game. Wanted to say too that you know, around this game. On the telecast on the TSN broadcast, um, they made a lot about how uh, some of the luminaries were there. Damon Allen was there. Pinball Gizmo were there. Um, and, uh, you know, it's been a while since I looked at Damon Allen's stats. Damn, dude. <laughs> Damn. When, when you talk about, like, the GOAT CFL players, I mean, like, like, I mean, I know we all love Flutie, you know, and of course, you know, in my neck of the fandom, we all love Cavello, but geez, I mean, Damon Allen's a beast, man. Those numbers are ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, wow. Uh, just, just blown away. But in any case, because I don't have much coherent to say about that. Um, okay. So for me, for me, you know, you're talking about bounces not going your way. For parts of the fourth quarter, this was like the classic setup for the no lead to safe game, right? For for the shocking, like, you know, underdog wins, right? Because this is the CFL and stuff. You know, the Toronto had slowed down. They weren't the machine in the late third and early fourth quarter, except that the Elks just aren't ready, right? I mean, like, like, okay. With about 10 minutes to go, okay, they're still down by like, you know, 19 or something like this. The Elves get the nice return. They get the long pass interference call. You know, this this is with their, their what? Like, this is a guy who wasn't even on the radar last season at quarterback, okay, it, it, in the revolving door. He wasn't even in the on the team, okay? 
gets the pass interference. And then here's the touchdown run and oops, fumble at the half yard line. (laughs) Talk about the bounces not going your way. I mean, this is just, to me, this is just like fate showing you what the numbers indicate. (laughs) You know, it's just like, these are two teams of a different quality. Yeah. Yeah, they they certainly are. And I just feel bad for my Edmonton friends. They put a lot of effort into backing this team and they're getting absolutely nothing back. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 too bad because I mean there there was promise here. And I noticed that here's the conspiracy mind thinking, right? All through this game, they're not talking about the coaching in Edmonton at all. They're doing sideline shots. They're talking about the special teams coordinator of Toronto. They're showing these guys making up game plans on nothing on Jones, nothing, nothing. In the fourth quarter, finally we get a shot of Chris. And I mean, you know, he's acting like he always does. You know, he seems to be himself and whatnot. You know, it doesn't seem to be of ill health or anything, but Geez, you wonder, like, what happened here? What happened here? I mean, they did, you know, this is Elk's Twitter today, you know, and and since this game, they're all about how this last season was supposed to be about rebuilding, supposed to be about shuffling the deck, was supposed to be about here's here's Chris Jones running a training camp all year, you know, to pick his guys. Now he's got his guys and, like, none of them are anything. You, you've got Eugene Lewis out here who was promising that these guys were going to be a contender. And I'm sure he would like to be on a contender, but I mean, when you can't get him the ball, and there's not much a wide receiver can do in football. You know, I mean, it's just like, you got to be disappointed if you're an Elks fan. I mean, like right now, right now, and, and, and I thought this was funny about this game is, wow. If you have Forbes Mumblo, if you're like one of the two or three guys that has this guy, congratulations, man, because he made what, if this were U.S. media covering this game, they would have called the greatest garbage play of all time, greatest garbage time play of all time. You know, this was awesome, right? Where we're like, Dagge, Dagge, that's it. He he gets totally pummeled by McManus. Oh, I'm going to mention something about that in a minute. And then... You know, we get this tipped pass, which goes for like 80 yards. It was it was a thing of wonder. And again, if anybody had him, that might have flipped a game or two in CFL fantasy this week. But this was one thing that struck me as what's going on with Toronto. They played their starters late into this game. And they seem to be pouring it on a little bit on on Edmonton. Defense, especially, clearly was not up to the challenge of this game. I mean, like, what did you make of that? I mean, because on one hand, you could be optimistic. You know, you could give them the benefit of the doubt and just say, ah, they're just like running. You know, they're just trying out plays. You know, Ulet's having a ridiculous game. Yeah, we'll get him the third touchdown. You know, but but like, I mean, did 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 that like, I mean, did that, strike a chord with you at all? I mean, did you think anything of that? No, I didn't I didn't think much of that at all because oh. first of all, no lead is safe is a tagline around here for a reason. Secondly, it's their second game of the season when most teams have okay. had three. So yeah, I'm not That's really true. all that I'm not I'm not really all that 
concerned about that because that, that's true. Edmonton showed at the end. Hey, look, we can go ahead and put up 14 points when nobody thinks we're going to score again ever. <laughs> well, yeah, when we put in the quarterback, you're not ready for it. Exactly. <laughs> you know, it's like, okay, surprise. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. I didn't even consider that. You know, basically, I mean, geez, they're kind of still kicking off the rust here a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I do. Okay. I do have a positive thing to say about for Edmonton fans. But their punter is um, awesome. Well, for one, <laughs> uh, for two, for two, um, first three games, riders who have shown that they, are at least hanging around with the what with they hung around with the bombers. They beat the stamps when they probably didn't have much of a right to, except for the stamps did everything they could to hand the game over. Yeah. Um and Edmonton was one yard away from beating them. And then they've had BC and Toronto. So yes, 0-3 looks ugly right now, <laughs> but you got the Red Blacks coming up. You've got at Saskatchewan, which I mean isn't easy, but it's not BC right now. Then you got the Tie Cats, so you got three. You got three shots at. Let's see if we can turn this thing around before we hit BC and Winnipeg back to back. And before we move on to, I guess we do have to mention the three the three easy steps you could take to end your career. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Hit yeah. me with this. Hit me with this. You got me intrigued. That that that's almost like a cliffhanger on the sports reporters. Okay, give, right. give me give it. To so me. so you're aware that Kyle Oxley played is usually their short yardage quarterback, correct? Yes. So he they took Cornelius out and they put Kyle Oxley in. I don't know if they, they were going to make a, a on a first down on the starter drive. Right. I don't know if they were going to make that a change because the next drive went, went to Daggy. Right. Um, I don't know if they had in mind to make a quarterback change yet, or if they had a Moxley package in play. Well, it was a it was a read option. Uh, issues with the with with uh, trying to get the ball out of uh, Kevin Brown's Kevin Brown's hands. Ball. Pops loose, Toronto takes it. And that was the end of Kyle Oxley because Daggy goes in. Right. So after that, Chris Jones calls for short yardage. Kyle Oxley declines to go on the field. And then spends the rest of the game over well off away from his team moping. Mm-hmm. Clearly in public. So that's why you have Kyle Oxley off the roster and Khalil Tate coming back. Right, right, and the and Edmonton signing a guy from the USFL. <laughs> right, which I believe a guy that they had in training well. camp. Oh right, yeah, you're right. Yeah, they had right. Khalil Tate. Khalil Tate was fourth in training camp. So yeah, you're right. Yeah, I remember that was a long time ago. <laughs> right. Okay. Let's talk about this week upcoming and uh we're going to talk about the games but first i had a couple of uh burning burning questions here for joe about fantasy okay because there's a couple of interesting situations going on this week uh there's only three games okay so in cfl fantasy that cuts your player pool in a third okay no defense for example is reasonably priced this week at all except for edmonton who no one's going to take 
after after they gave up so many damn points this past week. Um, might be better against Ottawa, but I don't think so for reasons I'll talk about later. But at a couple of spots, there's some really mind-bending choices. Okay, so here's one. At running back, these guys are kind of bargain players, but both, you know, I think worth the five and a half thousand or less because you're going to need some low end players this week. So, okay. Jackson Bennett of Ottawa or Adaboye of Toronto. If you're going bargain basement, I'd go Adaboye because Jackson Bennett didn't get a lot of touches when I used him when <laughs> it's either week one or week two, because I usually have one running back being really cheap because right. this week, the running back prices are ridiculous. Oh, Anybody that's worth anything is going to be over 10 K. Yeah. So it's... I have one of those. And then I have Johnny Augustine because oh, Augustine. he's 3.5 and he might get a touch or two. Or I could spend 2.5 and guarantee I don't get a touch. So I'll spend the extra thousand because I have it. Well, the thing the thinking on Bennett is that Ottawa, who has been just a, a plague site this season already, is gonna start this game without their first and second backs. Okay. So Bennett will get some action unless they decide to completely go Hamilton Tiger Cats over there in Ottawa, but I don't think they can afford to do that. So so that's why he's a compelling pick this week. Whereas Toronto, I think, is going to throw a lot. Again, I think that Oulette is maybe not the play this week. I mean, he's certainly not going to be worth the money, I would guess. I don't think they're going to be running the ball against BC a lot this week. I think that's going to be a high-scoring game. I think they're going to have to play or you, really, or really fast. You run to keep the pass rush from pinning its ears back. That's true, too. But I don't know how long they can keep that up. Look, BC started early against Winnipeg and then didn't let up. Okay, and they did that in the previous game, too. I mean, this is a team that, that has pedal to the metal. You know, and I think that they're going to I, – I, there's no reason for them to come out of the gate not strong unless, you know, the travel factor comes in. But I've really stopped factoring that into professional football games anymore. I really think that teams and athletes have that under wraps, the whole West Coast, East Coast thing. Now, I'm willing to reconsider it when the CFL brings in Halifax and you get the BC at Halifax or vice versa, okay? Because that's an extra time zone. We haven't seen that in modern North American sports. So I would, I would like to see that effect uh, to see what happens there. And I honestly think that that should be the uh, Thanksgiving day matchup, by the way, I think it should be the coast to coast. I think that should be the new rivalry because you've got now Labor Day. Yeah. Labor day and Thanksgiving day. That there should you go. Be, it should be. The I suppose give, give them, give them a bye week on the rematch right. weekend, but then put them on Thanksgiving. Yeah. Right. I, yeah. I'm not going to tell you no. Yeah. 
you put them on the far end of each week and then you give them the bye weeks around it like both both weeks you give them the bye going in and the bye coming out so plenty of time plenty of time um right so okay the other one was this and this one is wild okay so wide receivers as you can imagine are outrageously priced densky and shun are both at 15,000 and reportedly it seems like at least according to the game these are the only two receivers that are going to get any fantasy points for winnipeg this week so who if anybody do you go with here if you're making me choose between them which is kind of how i'm thinking you're phrasing the question here i go dempsey simply because he gets more of the short yardage touches when they're inside the 10 they like to run the jet sweep or put him in the backfield. Uh, he usually is good for two or three rushes a game. Sometimes he'll right. break one of those. It's an extra catch is what it ends up being. Right. But he seems to – Sean's going to score the longer distance touchdowns. But when they if they get in close, it's usually either Dembski or they go shown in the corner. But they usually try – one of each, and Dembski is the more likely to make the touch at that point. All right, I might. Uh, I've got Dembski this week. He was not worth the money when I had him on my team previously, but uh, this week's tough. T- yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. I, I don't I've think I corners. I've cut corners as, in as many places I felt like I could possibly help it, okay. so that I could field a reasonable lineup for the rest of it i felt like okay well here's here's how i cut corners edmonton elks the league starts with edmonton elks three and a half point underdogs at ottawa i can't believe that ottawa is a favorite this season the over under is 42 and a half now i've got tyree adams as my fantasy quarterback this week, because the prices on so-called skill position players are so outrageous. So I'm going to go Tyree Adams. The other thing is this one thing I've one thing that you very readily figure out, I think in the CFL fantasy game is the awesome thing about teaming a quarterback and a wide receiver is odds are that quarterback is going to be your captain. So instead of getting two times the touchdown points you get three times the touchdown points right so taking a low budget quarterback like like tyree adams or even dagge who i believe is going to start this week for edmonton it's probably going to be worth your money against this opposing defense which probably is not going to be very good and i also like the no tape factor. I'm a big believer in the no game film factor. Um, look again, Adams, Tyree Adams played college ball at Western Carolina, didn't get drafted, didn't make a team out of training camp, didn't even make a practice squad in the NFL, played the last two years for the Selena Liberty of the Champions Indoor Football League at 200 bucks a game. Okay, now, don't know if this guy is any good, but I know he wants to play football. 
<laughs> um, and so I think the smart bet here, since uh, since I've you know advertised myself as an awesome better in CFL, is the over. Over 42 and a half. Okay, these defenses have shown nothing this year. And yeah, Edmonton has played some decent, competent to defense, competent to decent offenses this season. But I don't believe that there are any great shakes either. So I take the over on this game. And I th- I think this one could be fun. I think I think this will be fun for fans of both of these teams who haven't had much fun this season so far. Okay. So I'm actually hedging my bets on this one a little bit. Okay. Remember how I said I was cutting corners in fantasy? Yep. I'm cutting corners by having Edmonton as my defense. Wow. Wow. Because it's the cheapest I can possibly have. Oh, by far. And Adams is likely to make a mistake or two. Yeah. So even if they give up, say, 20 points, I might get a few points for interceptions here, but then I have a better chance of getting points from my skill position players, and I can start a quarterback that isn't Tyree Adams. I figure it comes out in the wash. On the other hand, my pick is Ottawa, so I'm really hedging my bets here. Yeah. The reason yeah. I'm picking Ottawa is because a some this these home lo- losing streaks that these two teams both happen to have have to end sometime. And Edmonton doesn't strike me as a team that's really all that composed right now. They seem to have there's 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 clearly problems going on there. You don't have a player just quit on his team in the middle of the game if things are going well. So I think between Adams being an unknown, that going on. And the fact that Ottawa's defense isn't actually that bad, I think I think Ottawa's got a chance to break that home losing streak. I disagree with you on one point. I think Ottawa's defense is that bad. <laughs> I, I I do I do I do. I I think a fun bet to make if you if you just if you just want to make a fun bet besides the over because over is always fun to bet. Um, would be to take the Elks at three and a half, possibly also to take the Ottawa money line, like like take the bet where it's like either team wins between one and three points, because it could come down to a fluky play at the end and home team wins. You know, it very is with these two teams very easily could come down to you know luck, luck, and in that situation I'll take the home team. I'll take the home team. But again, I honestly think this is going to be a pinball machine. I, I want to see a lot of points in this game. I want to see a basketball game, and, and I think we might get it. I'll I'll take Ottawa to win, though. I'll take Ottawa in a close one. They they win by okay. a field goal or they win by a field goal or less. So they win Edmonton covers. Take the over. Um, okay. Now here's the big one. I'm dying to see what you think about this one. Winnipeg Blue Bombers, six point favorites. Disrespectful. At the Alouettes over under 40 and a half. Um, okay. Go. I'm Take giving the this under. You. Okay. Take the under. Okay. Because if BC and Montreal last year taught anybody anything, is that a really tough pass rush is going to beat this Winnipeg offensive line. Right. Having said that, I think that Winnipeg's going to be pretty pissed off after last week. I think they come out gangbusters early on and just like 
don't forget about us. We're still here too. I tried to make this work. I tried to see the upset here, especially since they're a home underdog, the Alouettes are. Okay, so I am going to take them plus the six. I think I don't want to betray them. But, you know, you look at the numbers, and it's like on one hand, again, like I talked about, the Bombers haven't lost two in a row since, you know, two, two serious games in a row since 2019. Um Eventually, they're going to have to. It's early in the season, so it's a lot more believable now. They seem to have problems at Montreal recently in recent years. Um, there's lots to say uh, in favor. But the truth is, if Montreal won this game, they would be 3-0. That's just like, that's the number I have a harder time imagining than even Winnipeg 2-2. Two and two. Uh, so, so I think all things considered, again, this, th I think this is one where I like the, the plus the points, but take the favorite on the money line. I think I like that bet. I also like the under 48 and a half because yes, I, I do, do because they played both games last year. Winnipeg ran away with it at the very end in Montreal, yeah. but the game in Winnipeg was also very tight and low scoring for all the way into overtime, whereas middle of the fourth quarter is when Winnipeg took over in the game before. So I could easily see this one also being 25 to 20 or what have you, and nobody batting an eye. So I like I like the under two. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a that that's a that's an interesting pick. Um okay. And the third and final game, which is being played on Monday um this week. So that's kind of that's kind of cool for Americans uh, who are into the CFL because you can like get out of work early on, on Monday, watch this game, and then just go right in July Fourth, right? Just or just continue. you know go, go watch the fireworks afterwards too. <laughs> right. I'm sure some people are watch the fireworks on TV and then go outside right as it's getting dark, <laughs> at least around here, and go oh. And see what fireworks displays are going on. Right, you get like five straight eight hours of fireworks. You watch the CFL and you go outside. You're all set. I'll, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you. What. Speaking of fireworks, okay. California has these wild laws about buying and selling fireworks. Right. So what happens is, is that they're illegal. Right, buying fireworks is illegal, except like five days a year. Okay, those days are like July two and three, <laughs> you know, and it's like uh, May 4th, right before Cinco de Mayo. And then it's like December 29 and 30, something like that. So all of a sudden you see all of these like pop up square kiosk kind of tents, right? And you walk in and there's like all these freaking fireworks. And of course, for the next few days, all day, all night, it's just bang, bang, bang from everywhere. It's nuts. It is crazy here. But interesting cultural note about California. Very interesting place, California. In any case, all right. So the final game, the big one, BC Lions. Two and a half point favorites 
at Toronto. Blows me away. Lest I remind people, Toronto are the defending champions. And they look really, really good right now. Okay, and BC is coming from the Western time zone. What is going on here? The over-under on this game is 47 and a half. I got to tell you, I like Toronto, especially plus the points here. Me too. They're the champs. I mean, there's a reason they're the champs, and uh, they're going to show BC what that's all about. Because BC hasn't climbed that mountain yet. It's what it's what they're gunning to do this year, but Toronto has climbed that mountain, and there's a difference between climbing it and having climbed it. And especially with BC coming off of beating the living crap out of Winnipeg, and having everybody blow sunshine up their ass all week about how awesome <laughs> they are. And granted, let's be fair, most of that, most if not all of that, is completely valid. At the same time, Toronto's sitting there going. Don't forget about us. We're pretty good, too. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They didn't even use every weapon in their arsenal last week, and they cruised to victory. Um, and I would say that their defense is better, is going to be more likely to cause mistakes than Winnipeg's is at this point. Because Winnipeg is very boomer bust as far as are they going right. to be uh, – where's their pass rush? Is it there today? Yes? No? Maybe so? Whereas I don't think Toronto's going to have that problem. Well, I I think this one again, this one could be a a, a good high scoring game too. They have that nice speedy turf in Toronto, so I mean, this there, there could be a lot of points in this game. But okay, it may be cocky of me to say so, but the truth is that a lot of let's say North American based sports books do not have deep knowledge of the CFL. Now, they're pretty good. Okay? They've got a lot of money riding on these games. Okay, They have to get this stuff right. However, there are still these windows when you can exploit the fact that they're mostly using stats and not necessarily watching and studying these games and knowing the history of these teams. Okay, I honestly believe that this line is an indication of that. And this is one thing that CFL fans and CFL betters can take advantage of. I, I honestly believe this line should be Toronto Argonauts favored by two and a half. Honestly, they're at home. They're just as undefeated as BC. <laughs> you know, And they score a lot of points like BC. So I do not understand this line at all. Again, I think this is purely a product of the stats. So... That may be just a boost from what had what happened last week, too. Oh, sure. Of course. Of course. BC beat the big bad bombers. Okay, fair enough. But there's 18 games in the season. And I'll tell you what, BC's three and oh. Why can't Toronto go three and oh? I mean, can't BC be three and one, play Toronto tough, and still feel pretty freaking good like they're still a top two team in this league? Yeah, Isn't they get through. That, they get through. They get through back-to-back games against sure. the Grey Cup participants right. at one and one, and having dominated one of them, that's still a win in my book. Right, right. and they score a lot of points, which I think they're going to do in this game. So, okay, so so we have consensus basically: Toronto, Winnipeg, and uh, Ottawa, three close ones too, huh? Or do you think that Toronto could uh, could get a healthy lead on BC? 
Mm, I, I think BC is a little too dynamic to blow out at this point. But then again, Winnipeg put up 40, 40, and then six. So what does that tell you? <laughs> well, the thing is, too, is that we haven't really seen Vernon Adams get rattled. Right. And this no, is he's he's in a comfort zone right now, yes. which I've never seen him in before. Yes. Because even when he was in his heyday in Montreal, he was pulling he was pulling stuff out of places unknown to make some of this thing some of this stuff work. He hasn't had to yep. with BC. Yeah. He's been able to be comfortable, make the plays that are available to him instead of having to make things out of whole cloth. Mind you, he had some pretty good receivers to play with in Montreal at that time, but even so, Couple. he had to make he had to make things happen himself as opposed to the design working for him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um yeah. 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 So so I'm I'm curious to see what's going to happen there. I, I I think a lot of people are. I think a lot of people are waiting to see what happens. This this was one thing. This this was one funny thing. I don't know if you actually watched the TSN broadcast, but there was this one bit where they did one of those cutaway segments, and they asked Vernon, "Is like uh, so? Uh, do you have any fun football memories of Winnipeg?" And he's just like, "Nope, nope." That's why I'm looking forward to this week. I was just like, yeah, they're going to win this game. As soon as I saw that clip, I was just like, yeah, they got this one. They're going to win this game. So, I mean, but yeah, man, he looked cool. He looked relaxed. He's smiling. You know, seriously, I mean, it's a little thing, but in the past, man, anytime you saw this dude, he did not look happy. Just did not look happy playing in Montreal. You know, just, I don't know. There's the pressure, the constant criticism, whatnot, but that no time to work into the job, but damn, I mean, he, he looks. I, I, and I do, I do have a few Twitter file people. I follow on Twitter that are embedded in the BC organization and they had the same era era about them this year as they did last year where they knew something. The rest of us didn't know last year it was Nathan Rourke. This year it was Vernon Adams. It's like, don't worry about it. You might have questions. We don't. <laughs> be very interesting to see what happens with BC going forward. Uh, it's early. It's early. <laughs> A lot of football left to play. And uh, BC has plenty to look back over their shoulder at. That's for sure. They're not running away with anything yet. Right. Okay. Any famous last words, Joe? Yeah. Looking back at my picks last week, it just kind of reminds me that the Simpsons football episode where the prognosticator goes, well, if you're right 52% of the time, you're wrong 48% of the time. Hopefully I have a better betting average than that after this week, but here's hoping. <laughs> <laughs> That's nice. I thought you were going to quote Lisa where she bets the Raiders because they always cheat. <laughs> In any case. As you, as you could tell, that's an older Simpsons episode. Oh, that's that's one of the ancients. That's one of the oh, yeah. classics in the true oh, sense yeah. of the word, right there. The, uh, the yeah, because nobody's the... betting on the Raiders any any time in the last thirty years. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, it's funny because I recent well, you know, when John Madden passed away, I do this live show on Saturdays here in Orange County, 
And uh, so I was doing the eulogy for Madden, basically, you know, just going over career highlights and stuff. But people forget that in the 70s, they hated Madden and they hated the Raiders and they were convinced that they cheated and that John Matuzak went and paralyzed Daryl Stingley in a preseason game and you stuff like th- Yeah, and Tatum. stuff like Jack Tatum. I'm Matuzak sorry. had his own issues, but right, right. I always get them confused, like who did what to whom. Uh and there was one point when Madden was asked, like, you know, during the season, he's like, he was asked about cheating and he finally blew up and he says, all I hear all the time is the Raiders cheat, the Raiders cheat. Okay, the Raiders cheat. What are you going to do about it? (laughs) Right? I mean, people forget that, you know, that, you know, the Raiders, they used to be the bad boys of the, of the NFL, you know, and, and, that Simpsons episode just speaks to that. And, you know, that's from what the late eighties, early nineties, the, uh, the, the super, they have uh, the Broncos and the Falcons in the Super Bowl. So I think that's like, 98. I think they were even du- for like 10 years when they was in syndication, they would dub it in whoever was right. in the Super Bowl. <laughs> right. They do a tremendous bit. You can look it up on YouTube where before they say what they're going to say, they put a beer glass in front of their mouth. So you can't see their mouth moving. <laughs> And then it's clearly another actor dubbing in the Denver Broncos. <laughs> so funny. It's the Simpsons was so great back in the day. I can't believe Conan O'Brien was just one of the writers on that show. In any case, I don't know how we ended up on the Simpsons. What we have that was been talking about, sorry. <laughs> what we have been talking about is the CFL, because this has been the Roost White and Blue CFL podcast. For my co-host Joe Pritchard, I'm Oz Davis. We are out of here. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks for listening. Find more great shows like this at CF Pod Network on Twitter. <laughs>